Hey everyone, welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have here a film director from Los Angeles, Axel Arzola. How's everything? How are you coping during these crazy times, buddy? Hey Daniel, I'm doing really good today, man. And you know, it has been kind of a weird year, but I think 2021 things are getting more traction, things are getting a little bit better. So thanks a lot for the opportunity. I'm really excited to talk to you and, and see how we can help each other and, and all that. Yeah, the first thing we, uh, to give everyone some background, we connected over Instagram uh, through our posts, you know, our social media content and uh, Axel reached out to me and I was, you know, uh, so honored to uh, have you as a guest. Um, always enjoy people that got involved in the film industry and, you know, hearing about their story, uh, which I'll ask you, how did you get involved in filmmaking? So I started with film when I was like a teenager. Uh, I'm originally from Cuba. I'm born and raised in Cuba. And, you know, over there, it's really hard to, for people to get into film and to work in the arts and all that, because, you know, the economical situation is really tough. Uh, but I was always interested in computers and video games. And that's how I got into working with cameras and editing. So when I was a teenager, I started doing little shorts and things with my friends and it kind of snowballed and I started doing bigger and bigger and bigger projects. And then right. by the time I was like 18, I was doing like large music videos and uh, making different projects. And that's how I was able to get out of Cuba. I went to a film festival in France and then I went to a film festival in Canada. And that's how I ended up, you know, coming to the US and got a scholarship to go to film school. So film has been always like my biggest passion and something that I, I love like with all my heart and I just started putting in the work and learning and meeting new people and now I'm, I'm in LA I have a, a feature film that just came out uh, recently and you know I'm, I'm still pursuing the, the same dream that we all have of like making movies and making it big in the entertainment uh, industry but it all started with me loving movies and loving movies like to everything I could put in I would put it in into my into my work and right. you know that passion kind of grew in working with different people and learning and that's how things kind of got bigger from there yeah that's great great story to hear and um i can relate to that a lot you know that passion that drive for filmmaking and being involved in uh the industry expressing and telling your stories just what looking at your page you can already immediately tell that you're a very creative individual um, and every shot is curated uh, to express the right vision and um, convey the emotions you're going through at that time in your life. Um, so you, you're in Los Angeles now. And yes. is this uh, what, what made you how did you end up in Los Angeles? Is this because of filmmaking or were there an, was there an opportunity that you saw? Yeah, it's a hundred percent because of uh, my career and, and wanting to be in, in Hollywood and in the movies. Uh, for me, growing up in Cuba, it was always like the dream to come to America and to try to pursue like a, a, a career in, in film. But it right. also seemed like something that was wasn't going to happen. You know, like mm -hmm. I was so poor, we had no equipment, we had nothing. And uh, things happened in a, in a certain way that I was able to travel to different countries to go to all these different film festivals. And then you start seeing that, well, maybe this is actually something that I can do, like something that I can do as a career. And, you know, once you start doing some bigger projects and you start getting paid and uh, you start making money, then you realize, okay, this is something that I love, but it's also something that is practical and that I can actually feed my family and like make a career out of it. So once I saw that, I was really young. I was like probably in my tw early twenties uh, when I started making money with my projects. And uh, I, I remember I made a, 
the first video ever that I made in the US was a music video for Kia. And they had this competition online and everyone had to submit. And it was like over 300 submissions. And we ended up winning the competition with my video. And like, they gave me a brand new Kia and it was like wow. in the, in the that's newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was congratulations. Like, yeah. That's, that's thanks. insane. Yeah. Thanks. And that was incredible. And that for me was like, you know, I can actually do this. Like, I'm not crazy. I, I, of I can, course, yeah. I that can pursue this. Yeah. Yes. So having that in, I think also the, the experience of leaving my country, which for people who don't know, Cuba is a communist country, so it's really hard to leave. And for me being able to leave, thanks to working on film projects, after that, I was like, you know, anything can happen. Like anything is possible. Like if I was able to leave my country to go make movies in, in the US, then I'm gonna be crazy enough to go to LA I'm going to pursue this full time. I'm going to give it a shot, you know, because of course. what else am I going to do? Like if I did any other thing, I would always be thinking about how can I make movies? So, you know, this career has highs and lows and you have good times and bad times. But at the end of the day, this is what we love doing. So we have to go all in on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that, you know, that's something that, I, again, I can relate to as well is th that that drive. Um, it's that itch to, to be creative. And the fact that I commend you, the fact that you um, kind of dedicated your whole life uh, to this passion, right? A lot of people, um, even, you know, coming from your background, how you're explaining that you were poor and you came from a country, uh, a communist country, that was very difficult to pursue a dream like that. You know, I, I hear so many people in the industry or living in Canada or even in the US that are making excuses or maybe finding it difficult to pursue their own passion. But hearing your story, it just makes me realize, you know, how grateful I am and, and how grateful I should be in pursuing film. Um, because people like yourself start off in a different way, right? We all, we all, we can't control where we come from, but we can, can control where we're headed. So yes. that that's very important. And, and um, the fact that you won that competition with Kia, I personally love uh, car commercials. I think they're so well done. And I feel like uh, they follow a certain standard. What was your experience like working for um, or, or doing a car commercial? Well, for us, what what we what I tried to do was, okay, let's do something that is a little bit different. You know, I love commercials. I watch commercials all the time, and they're really hard. And people kind of hate on them because, oh, like another commercial. Like I don't want to watch another commercial. Like I want to watch my show. But right. the 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 creative people who create those commercials, like they're genius. So we had to do the, this commercial for Kia, and this was a long time ago. And what I thought of was it would be really cool if we created this like cool commercial where we have actual kids are the ones that are driving the car. And we had a baby was the one like driving the car and then they pull up to this like house party, but it's all like five-year-olds and seven-year-olds and they have this rave and they're playing the music and all that. So it was really fun creatively to just come up with that idea and say okay let's do that mm -hmm. you know like we didn't try to do anything crazy because we didn't have the equipment or the locations or like the resources to make it yeah super too stylistic like and yeah because yeah, so a lot we, of the car commercials we see are very like sexy mm -hmm. and you got the one with regina king um i can't remember what uh, cadillac i think it was um mm -hmm. where she goes to the opera house and uh, or, or she's, you know, coming off of a film shoot. It's just, you could see the production value. Uh, another yeah. one that comes to mind with, you know, Eminem <laughs> back when he did the Cadillac commercial. 
but I like what you said is, um, and that's for a lot of filmmakers that I, including myself, that I need to realize is we need to uh, adjust to what we can afford, like with our budget, mm-hmm. right? Or we yes. have to be real with ourselves. Uh, a lot of the times when when I write, I get carried away and imagine these, you know, very expensive sets and you know these these vast worlds. And I realize until I get to that level of filmmaking, mm-hmm. I need to focus on what you were saying back to about short films and kind of how much you can um, mold into that context, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's very interesting experience. I'm glad you glad that sounds like a really fun idea. Um, with the whole kids and stuff. people can obviously watch this on YouTube. Is this available on YouTube? For uh, yeah, yeah, it's on YouTube. I think if you search uh, Kia Soul competition and my name after it, it would probably show up. Oh, perfect. All right. So everybody check yeah. that out. I'll definitely be checking that out after this podcast. Um, cool. Like yeah. I said, I'm always a big fan of car commercials, man. So uh, great job on that. Um, so again, you're, you're a film director and I'm always interested in because the, the on the film set there's so many roles um there's mm-hmm. the actor there's the writer there's the editor there's all these different roles you can play in filmmaking is there something special that drew you to film direct uh becoming a film director or is yes, that just happened well in my case i started as an actor so when i was like okay. four four years old i started acting in plays and i kept acting uh until i was like 14 15 then I was the one directing the plays and like it was something kind of natural I think it goes with my personality uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe I'm like a natural uh, leader and I would always have like ideas what if we do this what if we do this like and when you direct you almost play all the roles which is super interesting because then you're not tied into just one role and I don't know I was kind of good with other people giving them directions and being able to you know inspire people in a way that they want to do the things that you want them to do uh i think that came natural to me and that mixed with being interested in cameras and editing and like all the different aspects like i'm obsessed with cameras i'll watch cameras and like reviews and like i'll know the specs and i love all the lenses and like i love that world but what i love more than that is like putting all the pieces together in you know, when you close your eyes and you imagine, okay, this moment on the script should feel like this. Uh, I, I, I get so like excited when I can do that. And, you know, think of something in my head, then communicate to people, put the camera in the right place. And then I know how I'm going to cut it in the editing. And then when you finish that, you have the color, add the music, and then you, you know, build that little story. And then you, watch that for a little bit and you're like okay that's exactly what i had in my head like that feeling like you get a high in all of those moments Mm -hmm. and for me that's like i could not do anything other than that because i've been a cinematographer and i've shot projects for friends and i can do it but part of me like i would want to be doing things differently and uh, i have you want to be control of the you want to be control of the story, um, right? That's what you're probably getting at as regards to directing. That's that's yes. for me how I see the position is, uh, especially when you uh, have a story. Uh, do you write as well? Actually. I do a little bit of writing. Yeah. That's the that's the part that I mostly try to work with other writers. Right. I'm really good at breaking down the story and breaking breaking down outlines, but then I don't have the patience to like sit down 
and like mm-hmm. write everything myself. And also what I have found is that uh, when you collaborate with people who are better than you, then things are a lot better. Yeah, so it elevates your craft I found for sure. myself. Yeah. 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 So I find myself like with these writers that I know, they're amazing. Like they spend so much more time than I do writing and, and getting better. So I've decided, you know, with writing, I'm going to let them uh, carry on and, and take their projects. And then it's a, it's a very collaborative uh, experience too. Like the writers that I work with yeah, love working together because we get to like, I give them ideas, they push back, I push back. And then at the end, something amazing happens. So yeah, no, that uh, a lot of that back and forth, uh, f- for sure. In any in any role that you play in, in filmmaking, it's always important to have a team, and uh, that's why a lot of creatives, um, like ourselves, probably, I, I don't know about yourself, but faced a struggle when the pandemic happened because we didn't know how severe it would get, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's so dependent on having a team and having people to bounce ideas off, and then when you finally get to the point of production, um, that's critical. You need people on set, and depending on um, the, the size of the project, you need even more people than the restrictions allow. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like when the, when the pandemic hit, I was working on a, on a series for Amazon. I was working as a location manager. We were filming downtown LA. We were filming at this amazing, uh, theater and they just, like, I was on my way to, to set and they just called us and say, you know, like everything is shutting down because of the restrictions, like you couldn't have that many people we went from like, okay, we're filming to, okay, everyone go home. We don't know when we're coming back. And initially I thought, you know, this is going to last a couple of weeks, a month tops. And then seven months later uh, was no, when I was sure. able to get back on set again. Wow. So in, in here in LA, we still have restrictions. So right after that whole time, the first project that I was able to do is I went to Georgia to produce a, a music video for uh, this artist named Sebastian Jatra for Universal Music. And nice. over there, the restrictions were kind of different. Uh, we had a lot more freedom. And then when I came back, uh, we did that for about a week. And then I came back to LA and started working as a location manager on a, on a show for Hulu. But we had, you know, everyone had to get tested weekly. Uh, they have these different zones where right. the actors have to get tested like every other day and the, the people close to the actors have to get tested every other day. And it, it made the whole process a lot more, a lot more complicated and kind of awkward, you know, because it takes so long for things to, to move along. Like you need to have a cleaning person that will come. Like I remember we were shooting this driving shot in a car and you have like the camera rig outside so every time they had to reset something, like the actor will have to get out, go to her trailer, the cleaning crew will have to come in, wipe everything. Then the camera people will come and like reset the camera and make any adjustments. Then cleaning had to come in again, sanitize everything. And then the actress could come back and be on, on, on the car. So, you know, in film, you're always running against time and, and trying to yeah. stay on budget. And then this is adding so many different layers so i think i think most people sorry most people are just utilizing this time to try to write and develop new projects and Mm -hmm. come up with new ideas of course uh, and somehow cope with the fact that we don't have our our lives back yet uh 
but thankfully projects are getting back. Uh, I, I just finished working on a show called Blind Spotting, and we shot the whole first season uh, from November until now. And then next week I'm going to start uh, as a location scout on a on a pilot for ABC. So slowly things are getting back up. We have figured out the the process of testing plus being safe on set so people don't get sick. So the last few shows that I've been on, almost no one has gotten sick. Maybe a couple of people here and there, but it didn't spread out to the whole crew. And we're taking a lot of measures to make sure that people are safe. But man, I can't wait for this thing to go away so we yeah, can no. actually start shooting other stuff. Of course, yeah. And, and that's why I brought up um, you know, how you're coping with the situation. Uh, from my end, I, I hear that California was getting hit pretty bad um, and especially Los Angeles. Um, in terms of the kind of health of the industry, like where it's headed, I, I hear a lot of things like people moving, moving out of Los Angeles and celebrities talk about it, like on Joe Rogan. Uh, do you feel um, there's a big sh- change in the industry, a shift that's happening where you're at? I think right now, most most of what's happening is people are staying put and no one is making big decisions yet. That's mm-hmm. kind of the sense that I, that I have. Uh, the projects that are being shot are mostly projects that were already greenlit from before or shows that are coming back to finish their season. Uh, the, the idea of people moving out of LA, moving out of California to go to other states to make movies, that's something that has been happening for a while now. Uh, I lived in Atlanta for about two years, uh, from like 2017 to 2019, and I worked on on a couple movies there as an assistant, and then I worked on a large TV show as a location scout. And even though productions go into Georgia and go into those states and they shoot there, mm-hmm. the the top people they always come back to LA because right. something that you have to understand that I don't think people will get unless they visit here and they, they spend some amount of time here. The, the thing that is missing is that LA still is the capital of the entertainment industry and the people at the top that work at the studios, all the executives, all the development executives, all the big name actors and writers and all of those people, they still live here. They have their families here. They have their friends here. It's true that it's really hard to live in California because of the taxes and uh, and the price of uh, the cost of living here is really high. But then you bump into people in your industry all the time. Like in in this building, like the other day I was going out on the garage and I bump into a guy and we start talking and oh, he's an actor, I'm a director. And then we start talking and like on Instagram, we see like, oh, you're working on this and I'm working on that. The same happened with another friend. Now we're working on a script together. And he has two other friends that are also actors on another TV show. And like, if we put this project together, maybe you can get this other person to, to work on the project. And during the, during the lockdown, I was going to play soccer with some friends. And then one of the guys that's playing with us, he's a writer. We start talking, he has a script. Now I optioned that script and now we're developing and, and trying to pitch that to the studios. So that amount of overlap with people in the industry, you don't find that in Atlanta. You don't find that in other smaller cities that have the tax incentives, but they don't have the culture and, and the community built in there. So I don't think that's going to go away. Plus, California is beautiful, yes. nice weather, um, amazing culture here. 
Mm -hmm. And yes, with COVID and all of this, it makes it hard. But I personally haven't seen many of my friends just picking up and going. Pick it up and go, yeah. yeah. It's, I, um, I, in my yeah. personal experience, that's not happening yet. People talk about it. You definitely think about it because of the high taxes and all that. And, you know, the people who might say that uh, who are big name actors mm -hmm. and all that, they don't really need to be here. They're going to yeah. make their projects wherever they live. There's a huge so, difference for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they can say, oh, I'm getting my house in, in Texas or Nevada yeah. or Vegas. And they will move and put their house there, but they're going to stay in touch with everyone here. And whenever they need to do a project, they'll fly out here and do yeah. everything. So that's different from like someone starting out. Like, are you going to find a lot of amazing actors in Texas if there is no production going on in Texas? You know, it's going to make it really hard. No, you make some very valid points. And that's exactly, um, th that's why I bring it up because I, as much as I hear these celebrities moving out, again, back to your point is I don't feel like they're going to abandon the city entirely because eventually they're still going to, it's still considered a creative hub. And I've been to Los Angeles and people knowing me that are listening, they know how much I desire to move out there one day um, because, you know, to take my career uh, to another level um, because everybody knows that that's the hub. Like you just said, it, it, there's a certain lifestyle. It's a beautiful place, but also, um, mm -hmm. you know, waiting in line at the Cinerama Dome. I was just talking to some guy and he was uh, much older than me and he asked me what I did. And then I asked him what he did. And then I joked around, I'm like, you in film? And he's like, how'd you know? And he was serious, like dead face. And I'm like, oh, I just assumed everyone here is in film, but I'm, but if you're not, and he's like, no, I'm actually, uh, I do assistant directing on this. Like he's a, he works in insurance, but he's also an assistant director. And mm -hmm. you'll never find, um, at least for film anywhere, uh, where people are working their own job, but they're also in the film industry or associated with some sort of creative uh, endeavor. And that's what you were back, back to what you were saying is that you run into someone that, oh, you're an actor, oh, you're a writer, or you're, oh, let's connect, right? Mm -hmm. In Toronto, I have to say, it's, I think, increasing more and more. Uh, there's mm -hmm. definitely a community, and I found a lot of benefits in that, uh, creating projects in the last year during the pandemic. But Los Angeles, like even the projects you're explaining right now, it's just completely different level, you know, like working on Amazon. Uh, Amazon, right? Your location scan? Yeah. yeah, a, a series yeah. for Amazon, right? Um, it just puts it in a different world. And I, I don't believe it'll go away anytime soon. I just feel like there's a, a huge pause. And once things, you know, go back to normal, uh, I, I don't think you can ever ignore um, the city and how it's functioning, right? What it can yeah, contribute to 100%. the enter entertainment industry. But um, yeah, but speaking of, you know, uh, running into people, have you ever ran into uh, people the audience might know of or people that are uh, very influential, maybe someone that's inspired you? Uh, I think it happens mostly on set. Uh, when you, like the other day we had on, on the show that I was working on, they had uh, Helen Hunt, who's a, an amazing mm -hmm. actress and she was there and I'm like, you know, I'm standing there looking at her and she was doing her thing and I'm I'm just looking at the way the director is setting up the scene and doing all that. And I'm mm -hmm. kind of learning. And then you just think, you know, like I'm getting to see like a, one of the best actresses in the whole world doing their thing here. In her inner like, game. I get yeah. to see that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I get to see that. I remember one day I was driving on the interstate and I saw uh, this guy, uh, Galifianakis. He was driving like, 
oh it's yeah weird little car <laughs> hangover uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm like yeah that's the dude from the hangover it's like oh that's pretty cool yeah you know? so yeah you do run into people here and there uh i don't think celebrity like they don't go out to the streets as much uh mm-hmm. like they used to do before because like now everyone has their own private lives and of course. paparazzis and all that uh but you know you you can be at the gym and you start talking to someone like i remember i was talking to some guy hey like can i use this machine can we like jump in on the set together and then we start talking and the guy was a producer and he had done like a huge animated film uh that had grossed like 20 million dollars or something like that and uh he he starts talking about the experience and i tell him about yeah i finished my feature film and it's coming out like on uh video on demand soon and he was like giving me advice about like whenever i go on my next project and i try to raise money and this was just like at the gym you know which is it's really cool and it doesn't happen everywhere you don't get you you definitely don't get those interactions as often um Mm -hmm. you know not to say that i haven't ran into people uh i I think i just ran into people more uh, more so like yourself on instagram and social media and Mm -hmm. i would have to go to networking events in toronto um, but I think, like you said, the probability of the opportunity to to run into someone that is in the industry is so much higher. Um, and you can benefit a lot from that. Is there anyone, uh, you speak of Helen Hunt uh, very highly, is there anyone uh, particular, like a film director or someone, an actor maybe that inspired you to take on filmmaking? Yeah, for me, the, the biggest inspiration, I think, is uh, Steven Spielberg uh, oh, with great. all of his films. He's kind of the, like the lead director that I really look up to. Uh, another guy that I really admire is J.J. Abrams with his company and the type of movies that they make and the culture that they have in their company. Uh, so those are definitely two of my main inspirations. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope that I get to uh, meet them someday. And more than that, I hope that I get to make movies and inspire kids like me in the future that would also look up to me and be like, oh, I want to be like Axel and I want to make cool movies and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for me, like, film is one of these things that it brings so much joy to my life and I like all kinds of movies and I watch all kinds of movies and, and tv and I just want to make that for other kids you know and for other it's also uh, generational teenagers that are running around with a camera it's generational I was going to add mm-hmm. is like you were saying it like I'm thinking of J.J. Uh, Abrams and Spielberg J.J. Abrams is a huge fan of Spielberg he was inspired by him and mm-hmm. it just yeah. goes to show you that let's say you're in that situation where you have the opportunity to work with JJ Abrams, right? It'll be generational. You'll mm-hmm. be the next generation. And then there'll be someone that was inspired by your work. Right. And you know, there, there's obviously yeah. music, there's, there's all these careers that uh, leave behind a legacy. They, they transcend the work that you're creating. Um, but that's what makes for me, one of the elements that make film so special is if the story is that good, if your movies are that powerful, people generations from now will still watch them will still you know kind of get an insight on what was going on in your mind your imagination at the time uh that 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 maybe because i'm a big fan of history i've always liked the idea of you know looking into the past and kind of see like our roots like where we come from uh, mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty that's definitely a, a something very special uh that i think what, what we both strive for when we create our films and I wanted to get on the subject of, cause you mentioned you do a lot of music videos. How important is music for you in film? Um, well, music for me is like, not just in film, but in life. Like I listen to music 24 seven, dude. Okay, and good. <laughs> for me, 
whenever I'm working on a project, uh, I usually create my playlists and I add soundtracks and songs from other people and put it there. And for me, it's really easy to get in the mood of whatever scene I'm working on with music. Uh, I do a lot of my editing based on the music. Uh, I don't know. I, I think music is one of the most powerful creative things that we have and one of the most powerful tools that we have uh, making movies. Like you can have whatever scene and it might not be working. You find the right track, you put that in there and it's like, wow, it's like this mm -hmm. hard mind connection that happens with music. So for me, it's extremely important. Uh, it's, I mean, almost as important as the visuals. I'm also a very visual person, uh, but definitely music is that one last piece that puts everything like, it makes everything like hold and stick together. Yeah, it, um, you, you said it right there, music, listening to a playlist uh, to inspire you, uh, whether it's to create a scene or a whole, a whole film, especially if you're writing, I, I listen to music um, to, to really get those creative juices flowing. And it's been proven so many times that music helps even save, like you just said, you put a, a piece of score in and it just changes the whole dynamic, right? It's, it's done it with Star Wars. I remember even watching a Home Alone documentary and they were explaining when John Williams worked his magic, completely saved the film uh, from being mediocre. So uh, yeah, music is a, is a huge part. And I'm glad that you have so much of a respect for it because it's so important as a filmmaker. Um, but obviously you know this with being in music videos. Uh, seeing how it can elevate your work. But um, yeah, so looking at your your social media page uh, before we had this uh, call, this podcast, I noticed uh, you have a link. Um, I wasn't able to view it, uh, but I intend to. It's called Literary Inc. Uh, can you tell us about that? Is this a short film that you worked on? Yes. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a bit about it. Like, what, what's uh, it no, about? Literary Inc. is actually a feature film. Uh, oh, okay, great. Yes. Uh, Literary Inc. is a yeah, it's a documentary uh, about tattoo artists and it follows four tattoo artists, their lives, their creative process and like their background and their story and what they want to do. And they all came together to this one convention called Literary Inc, which is a, a tattoo convention for Harry Potter fans. So they had like over hundred artists from all over the world came to this convention and they were all making Harry Potter tattoos. So it's this crazy mix of like Harry Potter visuals and like the wizards and everyone dressed right. up as Harry Potter and like different houses. And they were all there to make tattoos and the people that were coming to get tattoos, they were also huge Harry Potter fans. So that's kind of the backdrop of the, of the film. And then I focus on these four different artists and kind of follow their story. There's a, a girl from Australia. There's another girl from Oakland. Then there's a lady from Tennessee who's putting on the event. And then one of my best friends is a tattoo artist from Cuba. So we went to Cuba and we filmed his family and like the whole story, how he came out of Cuba and became a tattoo artist in the US. And we talked about the origin stories of all of them, how they started creating the tattoos. And you know, it's super visually interesting. And we also have a little bit of emotion with their personal stories and like, what are they gonna do in the future with their art and all of that. So I had a blast making that movie. It took a long time to finally put it together and then being able to see it on, on iTunes and on Amazon and all, all that and like have the release. Uh, we got picked up by Gravitas Ventures to do the North America release. I think you probably won't be, won't be able to see it in Canada yet because they oh, okay. haven't released it yet. I mm -hmm. think the link that you had on my- Yeah, my it wasn't Instagram working for was me. for the US 
right. version, but yeah, no, yeah, I, I think they have the the U.S. only, and then slowly will it would hit all the other territories. That that's great. Um, yeah, uh, that you delved into the whole tattoo industry. I'm a huge fan of body art, and uh, if it's done right, <laughs> I don't know if you're a fan. Uh, did you get end up getting a tattoo once you did this documentary? Did it inspire you to get any tattoos? No tattoos for me, my friend. Oh, no Not tattoos yet. for you. I, I don't no think way. for me, if I ever, no tattoos. This, this is the thing. I love tattoos, but I love seeing them on other people. I don't think I would put anything on me because it would be changing. Uh, like whatever I want will change and then mm -hmm. I, you can't change it. So if I ever get a tattoo, this is something I tell my friends all the time. If I ever get a tattoo, it's going to be like a full on body suit. It's going to be like from here on down. Everything. <laughs> That's what everyone back. says that it's hasn't had a tattoo. Like, it's going to be like a canvas, like a beautiful mosaic <laughs> piece of art. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will. Because I was able to like meet all these different artists and in the right. tattoo world, as you progress in, in your, in your art, people make this larger and larger pieces. And like, I have a friend, uh, Ross Abbott from Atlanta, the guy only makes like full on, like your whole back. It's like, he doesn't do anything other than a full yeah. on tattoo. Little small tattoos. They're beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Small, I love to see like small tattoos on people, like well-made tattoos. I love looking at them. And I always ask people on the street, oh, I love your tattoo. Let me see it. And I love that art and it's so visually interesting, but I don't, I don't think I need to have any on me just yet. Yeah, no, it's a commitment, man, for sure. Cause you could get bored of it very easily. I, I, I got a, when I went to Los Angeles, I got myself a tattoo, but it was very small and it's on my forearm. Yeah. Uh, but it's the meaning behind my name and that can never get old in a way. Cause my name is always going to be attached to me. And that is God is my judge because mm -hmm. Daniel, that's what it means uh, in mm -hmm. Hebrew. So that that's that's something that, that that i respect is if you you get a tattoo and and if you don't like it in a few years you're you're screwed or you know it's something you have to live with and that's the last thing you want because it's so permanent <laughs> it it, yeah. it takes yeah it, it's a different uh, kind of commitment for sure man mm -hmm. but uh yeah so before we before we go i just want to know uh, is there any projects you're looking forward to um specifically i've seen that you've done you post something about adios um a billboard yes. Yes, that's the that's the music video that we did with uh, Sebastian Yatra. I was oh, the, okay. the the producer, and you can watch that if you search "Adios" uh, mm -hmm. on YouTube. It will show up. Uh, yeah, sure. Music, Everyone check it out. Yeah, yes, beautiful music video. Uh, we got almost ten million views in the first week. Sebastian is an is a, an amazing artist. Like the writing that he does with his songs is incredible. And I was lucky enough that I got the call to go and produce that. We shot in Blue Ridge Mountain. Uh, we found this beautiful location. And the project was one of the hardest things that I've had to make because we were running uh, out of time, out of money. Like we were shooting out away from the city. It was hard to get equipment, hard to get the crew out there. So as a producer, it was like a logistical nightmare, but we were able to pull it off and and it's a very emotional song and it's really beautiful. So uh, it was directed by Joaquin Cambre and the other producer was Dubraska uh, Arias and Paul Barrios. So overall amazing team, beautiful video. And I would love for you to check it out and tell me what you think. Yeah, right? no, for sure. I'm gonna check it out and definitely um, let you know my thoughts on it. And um, everyone else listening as well, uh, check it out, it's on YouTube.
so that's that's really great and i'm and i'm glad that you i think the the to take from all this is you're you were still staying creative you're still staying productive um through the through these challenging times and it makes you even stronger right um a lot of filmmakers or a lot of people might get discouraged um in these events but the fact that you were still able to create the, these pieces of content um is is so admirable right it's inspiring yeah. really so i really uh, commend you on that and on on the note of uh, music videos, though, I did want to mention: Did you ever cross paths, or are you inspired in any way from? He's a native from Toronto, Director X. I've recently followed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen a lot I, of his, a lot of his music videos, man. He's he's a legend. Did one with sure. he did one with Bieber and uh, Popstar. That that everyone in Toronto Popstar, was raving the about Popstars. that. Yeah, yeah, that was super fun. <laughs> I love that video because it was so crazy. You got the and he actually effect. made a he he made a movie. He made the Superfly movie. Yeah, and yeah. I was actually in Atlanta when they were shooting that and we were in the same uh, production office because I was working on a show uh, for Turner called Miracle Workers nice. and the Superfly crew was like on the other side of, of that complex. And then I watched that movie and I liked that movie. Uh, and that goes to show you like music videos, they can lead to making movies, man. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are proud of Director X. He's amazing. Yeah, no, he's a great representation and the fact that he's from Toronto and I didn't even know uh, that he was uh, involved in such big projects. And, you know, that mm -hmm. pop star video, you got Drake, you got Justin Bieber, you got him mm -hmm. and they're all from Toronto. So it was it was a really cool moment. And I just know it was trending for a while <laughs> on social media. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing video. I love it. And <laughs> I freaking love Drake. So one of my one of my life goals is to make a music video for Drake. And yeah, there you go. Champagne Poppy. <laughs> Oh, Everyone, yeah. Happens. It's actually on my. I'm gonna show you. I'm not. I'm not joking. Oh, for sure. Like that's my bucket list. I don't know if you. Can oh, see you it put there. it on there. Love it, man. Yeah, no, I see it, man. Drake music Zip, video, bro. Like I, zip lining I, right I underneath. Drake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. So, uh, it's been a great conversation, man. Um, I'm always uh, enjoy talking to people in the industry and you know hearing their journey and what they're up to. And uh, I plan to have more of these conversations with you in the future. For sure, and man. And let me know when you come to LA, when all this thing goes away and you come to LA, let's, of course. let's get dinner, let's get lunch, let's go do something together. Of course. That's great. Thank you so much, Axel. I appreciate you, you guys uh, listening in and uh, take care.